Well, we have exciting news. We're on Spotify. That's where you're listening now. Hopefully. We're so excited. Super excited. Yes. Thank you guys for being on this journey with us. Yes. We're figuring it out as we go. And today we're going to get spooky because it's really the best spooky. time of the year. What are we talking about? We're talking about the Phantom Killer or the Phantom Slayer. I think the Phantom Slayer sounds more spooky, but the town called him both things. So either way. Yeah, it's scary. Absolutely. Yes, the Phantom Killer or Slayer, whichever you want to say, was um, was like a masked killer in Texarkana who just went on like a spree of murders and was never caught. That's super. I mean, he's not. Oh, he's totally dead. Yeah. Like, this was in the 40s. This was over 70 years ago. So but still, like... This guy is definitely dead. But can you imagine caught. living in that town and never having closure? No. No. I don't want to imagine that. <laughs> I but don't want to imagine it how either. How silly does it sound that someone wearing a pillowcase was never found? Yeah. The guy... We'll get into it, of course. But yeah, his disguise, or whatever you want to call it, was literally... Described as a white pillowcase with holes cut out, which is terrifying. Honestly, it makes me think of, is it The Strangers? Which movie is it where someone wears like a bag over their head with oh. holes cut out? I, th I think it is Strangers. Is it Strangers? I think. That movie messed me up, man. I'm going to I'm gonna give it a goog. Oh, I don't like it. Oh, no. I don't like anyone like being around my house. No. Oh, it is. It's The <gasps> Strangers. It's it's the bag. I don't think I ever watched it, but because of that reason, I don't oh. want anyone around my house. <gasps> oh God, it's so scary. Stop looking at it. Oh, uh, I can't. Let's get into <gasps> the episode. Okay. I just have to tell you that this movie, The Strangers. Yeah. There's a scene you didn't see it. You said no, I didn't watch it. Uh, there's a scene where like they have this song playing on a record, and then it just starts skipping. No. And it's like Quicksilver Girl, Quicksilver. And it does it over and over and over again. And I was working at Kroger one time and a person looked at me and started whistling that over and over. And it freaked me out to my core. I don't know if it was the same song, but it sounded exactly like that. So they looked at you and were like, yeah. But like, it was like eerie and creepy and they were looking at me and they just... Yeah, it was horrible. Nope. I just wanted to share that story with Thanks, you. Thanks, Kroger. <laughs> Thanks, That's Kroger. why I never go. I, I love Kroger, but yeah, that was a moment for me. So on February 22nd, 1946, evidently around 11.45 p.m., Jimmy Hollis, age 25, and his girlfriend, Mary Larry... Sorry. Um, Mary, Larry. Mary, your parents just should have done better. I'm oh, sorry, girl. She was 19, which that's quite the age gap, let me, let me tell you. They were parked on a secluded road known as Lover's Lane. They had just seen a movie together. Cute. Yes. And about 10 minutes later, a man wearing a white cloth mask, which resembled a pillowcase... 
with eye holes cut out appeared at the driver's side door. <gasps> yeah. And so Jimmy thinks that maybe it's someone like pranking him. And so he's like, you have the wrong person. And the man responded, quote, I don't want to kill you, fellow. So do what I say. Nope. <laughs> I am always really confused as to why people who are already in a car have the, they have the advantage. Mm -hmm. Your doors are more than likely locked. If they're not, you can quickly lock them. Mm -hmm. Start the car and drive away. Yep. I would have done the same thing. Start I don't the car care and drive away. You, like if you run them over. No, they run them over. You. <laughs> if you if someone is saying I don't want to have to kill you, do what I say. Clearly, like it's time to get on out. <laughs> yeah, let's get going. This is so, your life. So evidently, they um, are ordered out of the driver's side door. I'm guessing he has a gun at this point that's visible because I wouldn't be just getting out of the car if I wasn't being held at gunpoint. Yeah, no. So um, he orders Jimmy to take off his gosh darn britches. <laughs> gosh darn. Because I don't like saying. Yes. Yes. And um, for those of you that don't know, like me, <laughs> britches are pants. Britches are pants. Not bridges, Pantaloons. as Soto thought I said earlier. I know. I was like, bridges? Nope. <laughs> They're britches. It's a very, like, <laughs> old school Southern way of saying pants. It like, sounds britchin'. Uh, yes. My Mimi still says britches. It's adorable. Oh, Mimi. Yes. Good old Mimi. So, Jimmy then took off his britches. And... Um, the attacker hit him in the head with a pistol and Jimmy recalls that it was so loud that he thought that he had been shot in the head. <gasps> but later after he had been taken to the hospital, they found out that that was actually the sound of his skull fracturing oh, in several places. My gosh. Yeah. So he hit him so hard with a pistol that his skull just fractured so loud. That is insane. That he thought that he had been shot. I'm tearing up. That Can hurts. You imagine? Yeah. So, of course, like at this point, Jimmy is down for the count. Like he is, he's on the floor. <laughs> I'm only giggling because Soto is literally crying <laughs> and I don't know what to do. <laughs> keep going. I'm going to keep going. Mary thinks that they're being robbed. Okay. So she shows him that Jimmy has no money. Like she takes his wallet out of his britches and says like look we have no money and um then she was struck with a blunt object Ooh. then the attacker told her to stand up and run she initially tried to run towards a ditch and the attacker said no run the other direction up the road so she spots an old car parked off the road but it was empty and she's running and she's running and she's running. And finally, this attacker catches up to her. No. Yeah. It's literally like a horror movie. Also, why? Yes. But why would you listen to where he's telling you to go? I, I mean, he's like... got a gun. Like, she's thinking this is probably her only chance to get away. So he catches up to her like oh. a freaking horror movie. It's no. a guy with a gun and a bag over his head with holes cut out. And you're in the woods and you're running at midnight. I feel like I can in feel, February. I feel like I can feel like him. She just wanted to make out. 
They were just, they were just making Mary out. Larry. <laughs> Mary Larry. Jeez. Okay, so he catches her, and this is where, like, trigger warning. Oof. I'm saying it. This is effed up. Not cool. Um, so he catches her and he starts like yelling, why are you running? And she responds, you told me to run. And he literally just starts calling her a liar, which is like, what's wrong with him? <laughs> clearly a lot. Liar. So then he, um, uh, yeah, assaults her with the barrel of his gun and in that's, a sexual that's manner. That, that's it. So we don't have a lot of details, and I don't want them. But obviously, it's not good. Um, so after that happens, she starts running for her life. She finds a nearby house, and um, she attempts to, like, flag down a car that's driving past it, but she's ignored. Which, like, honestly, I... Feel bad, but if someone were trying to flag me down on a country yeah. road and it passed midnight, I wouldn't stop. For these reasons, exactly. Exactly. For her situation, exactly. Because exactly, I don't know who that person is. You see it in movies all the time where the person flagging you down is the person that's going to murder you. Yeah. Like, no, I, I, will, I will stop up further and call the police, but I'm not going to let you good. in my car and that's I'm not going to get out of my car. Yeah, that's good. I feel like that should be a rule. You just shouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, okay, so she ends up finding a home where she wakes up the people that are sleeping mm -hmm. and she's able to call the police. Meanwhile, Jimmy, oh, poor Jimmy, he has woken up, he's regained consciousness, and he's able to flag down someone that's driving by the road that he's on. Okay, that's um, good. The guy did not get out of his car, and he did not let him into his car, okay. which is good. Smart. He drove up the road and found a funeral home where he was able to call the police. Okay. So, yeah. like, I feel like that's really smart. Yeah, that's what everyone should do. Absolutely. Maybe, I mean, I wouldn't want to find a funeral home to call the police, but thank God we have cell phones now. This was the 40s, mind you. Okay, so I guess within 30 minutes, the county sheriff, Bill Priestley, and three other officers were there. And, of course, the attacker had already left. Like, what do you expect for him to hang around and, like, wait for the cops to get there? That's so stupid. They found Jimmy's pants, or his britches, about 100 yards away from the parked car. Mary was hospitalized overnight for some minor head wounds, and Jimmy was hospitalized for several days because he had, like I said earlier, multiple skull fractures. Both survived the attack, though. Unfortunately, they both gave really conflicting accounts of what happened that night. For example, Jimmy said that the man wearing the mask was African-American, mm. and Mary said that he was white. They both said that he was around six feet tall, though. Wow. Yeah, so that's like a, that's a pretty tall guy. I mean, I think national average is like five, eight or something like yeah. that. And people were a lot shorter back in the day. I don't yeah. know why we keep getting taller. <laughs> I don't know. That's weird. I don't know. But so he was six foot tall. And um, definitely like intimidating. So I can see why they didn't. They were like so scared that they couldn't figure out what this person looked like. They were, whoa, especially not Jimmy, but like Mary. Yeah. 
She was probably like super in a panic. Well, yeah, and they both had flashlights like shown in their face. And if you've oh, ever looked at something yeah. bright at night, like it takes forever for you to be able to see anything other than that like glowing, yeah, bluish tint yeah. color. So they both said that he probably was around 30 years old. And I don't know if they got that from like his hands or from his voice. You know, sometimes you can tell yeah. around how old someone is by the way that they sound. But they both said he was around six foot tall, around 30 years old, but they couldn't tell them any distinguishing features because that they had been blinded with a flashlight. Mm-hmm. Um, law enforcement repeatedly challenged Mary's account and believed that she and Jimmy knew the identity of their attacker and were covering for him. Excuse me. What? What? Why would he let himself get his skull fractured and right? why would she let herself be yes yeah. assaulted yeah just to protect somebody else i don't know if maybe they were thinking like what i said in the beginning like why would you get out of the car like drive yeah just drive unless you like trusted know the person that i guess that makes but sense. also like that happens all the time if you if someone shows you you have a gun you're not thinking you're like oh i better do what Panic. they say yeah instead of oh, they're probably not just going to shoot me through the glass if I drive away. Like, usually they want something. It's not just to kill you. They want something, you know? Yeah. I think I would risk it and drive. If they Same. shoot me while I'm driving, you know, you at least tried I tried to get away. away. I would rather get shot and die than be Going tortured all of or yeah. assaulted with anything. Yeah. Anyway, so that was that was... A, a- that was That was the start. That was the start of this maniac's crime spree. That was, like I said, February 22nd, 1946. And he literally wastes no time because March 24th, 1946, he has a double murder. His first double murder. On March... 24th, 1946, between 8.30 and 9 in the morning, a passing motorist saw a 1941 Oldsmobile sedan on the side of the road. Okay. That same road where Jimmy and Mary, Larry, were attacked. This passing motorist found Richard Griffin, who was 29, and his girlfriend, Polly Moore, age 17, Mm. the 40s, am I right? (sighs) <sighs> that's an age difference there that's 12 years I, I don't that's understand that's a middle schooler oh no like that's a whole middle schooler in between them this is also a crime true that <laughs> so he saw this parked car on lover's lane and decided to go up to it mm-hmm. and what he found inside mm-hmm. is disturbing he found griffin in between the front seats, on his knees, with his head resting on his hands, crossed. So he was on his knees, with his hands crossed, and his head resting, resting on, on it. His so he's like kneeling, knees are on the floor, and then... I'm acting it out right now, but you guys... <laughs> you, you, guys you can't see. His pockets were turned inside out. Which either means to me that... Whoever attacked him searched his pockets or in an effort to save himself, he was like, I don't have anything. anything. Or he was like, here's everything I have and like pulled his 
pockets out. I could see both being a legitimate situations. Option. Yeah. yeah. Um, his girlfriend was found sprawled face down in the back seat. Um, Griffin had been shot twice in the car. They were both shot once in the back of the head, but were still fully clothed. They found a blood-soaked patch of earth near the car. So police thought maybe they were shot outside of the car. Like, That's so weird. So he like shot them outside and then put them put back them in the back. car. And that's such a weird position to put Griffin in. Like, yeah, that's like really um that's time consuming. Yeah. My only thought is like I could understand why the attacker would want the bodies in the car instead of outside. It draws less attention. Yeah. Obviously, since he but walked to up. like to just throw Polly in the back like that and then have Griffin staged in such a way it's like very theatrical and it seems unnecessary and just very psychotic just seems very like this is all just kind of going back to like speaking of just like weird behavior going back to his first attack where he tells mary to run and then when he catches her he's like i didn't tell you to do that it's like a very like it's almost like it's this he's creating this um scenario in his head like he's like playing something out that he like yeah like i just it seems so well obviously dark it's just dark and twisted and gross Uh, so yeah police thought they were like shot outside Mm -hmm. and then placed back inside which is really weird yeah uh they found congealed blood Mm. covering the the running board of the car and it flowed through the bottom of the car door. Oh, that's uh, a lot of blood. Yeah. They found a 32 cartridge shell. Okay. Uh, they thought it was possibly from a Colt pistol wrapped in a blanket. Rumor had it that sexual assault was involved, mm. but modern reports refute the claim. Well, that's at least good. Yeah. In response to the murders, police launched a citywide investigation Uh, along with Texas and Arkansas police and the Department of Public Safety, Cass County Sheriffs, and the FBI. So a lot of people were involved. There's a lot of people trying to catch this freak. By March 27th, local police had interviewed around 50 to 60 witnesses. Whoa. Including people that worked at the club that was, I guess, really close by to where these murders happened. Club Dallas? Yeah, Club Dallas. Wow. Has nothing to do with us. No. By the way. No. <laughs> it was a local bar, and I wonder if maybe they were, like, going there or... Or had already, or, like, come from there. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Well, I guess we have really no timeline because they were found at, like, 9 a.m. Yeah. But I would say chances are relatively high. I mean, they were parked right by it. It's... uh Stop parking. (laughs) Stop going to Lover's Lane. Stop parking there. If you're too young to do stuff in a house with somebody, you don't need to be doing it in a car. 17. Let me just say that. Yeah. By March 30th, police posted a $500 reward in an effort to gain any information on Griffin and Polly's case, but nothing ever came up. There were a lot of people that were interested more in the money than actually helping the case, they came up with a hundred false leads. That's such a waste of time. 
I just want to say, um, when you said $500, I was really interested to know what the equivalent of that is today. And what I found was $500 in 1946 was, and I can't get it for 2019, but I found it for 2017, which is pretty close, is $6,285.13. That's crazy. I can understand why people in the 40s were trying to get that money. Yeah, especially, I guess, in, like, a small town like this. Not that it makes it okay. No. Don't be that person. Don't. After March 24th, he did another double murder, and that was April 13th, 1946, not even a month later. So he's experienced now, I guess he thinks. So we've gone February 22nd, March 24th, and now we're at... April 13th, 1946. This is his second double murder. On the evening of Saturday, April 13th, Betty Jo Booker, who was only 15, was playing her alto saxophone in her regular weekly gig with her band at the VFW Club. Around 1.30 a.m. Sunday morning, April 14th, her friend Paul Martin, age 16, arrived to pick her up for the performance. That seems really late to pick someone up for, like, a band performance. 1.30 a.m. Sunday morning? Yeah. Weird. That seems really strange to me. This was evidently the last time the pair was ever seen alive again. Martin's body was found around 6.30 a.m. that morning by Mr. and Mrs. Weaver. Blood was found further down on the other side of the road by a fence. He had been shot four times... Oh, my Which gosh. is more than the last couple. They were shot once in the back of the head. Yeah. Um, He was shot... This, this really seems like he was struggling because he was shot through the nose, through the left rib from behind, and a third time in the right hand, and finally in the back of the neck. So, like... He you can only imagine struggling. the amount of, like, movement yeah. that was happening. Betty Booker's body was not found until around 11.30 a.m., and she was two miles away from where Martin's body was found. So they probably didn't even know that she was there, like, involved at all, if they had not even searched that I, far? I don't know. Um, I don't... I don't know. I mean, they people knew that they were supposed to be together, so I, I'm not really sure, but she was found behind a tree. She was found lying on her back. She was fully clothed, just like the people from the last murders. Good. Her right hand was in her pocket of her overcoat. So again with the pockets. I don't really know. Um, she had been shot twice, once through the chest and once in the face. So... Not as many times as... Yeah, but I can imagine, like, this guy attacking this 17-year-old girl, right? She's 15. 15-year-old girl. like Yeah, she's 15. The amount of strength he has over her. Oh, it's... An, yeah. And the weapon used in this was the same as the first double murder. It was a 32 automatic Colt pistol. Wow. I don't know if at this point this is the only thing they're connecting these murders with, though. Yeah. Because the last two, there have been 
no legitimate eyewitnesses and the people who would have been able to tell them who it was are both unfortunately dead. I guess because they're on the same kind of stretch Maybe. of road. Yeah. They're kind of like... And it's right. like literally not even a month later. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Martin's 1946 Ford was found around three miles away from Betty's body and one and a half miles away from his body. Wow. It was parked outside Spring Lake Park and the keys were still in the car. Do you think he like forced them out of the car or like probably like the first couple? I bet the first couple was his like trial run. <gasps> and then he just went after that. He like got the So he's like what he was like looking for and he I'm, went further. I'm guessing he's like searching for couples and that's why he goes to Lover's Lane. Yeah, stop going to Lover's Lane. So the police were not sure who had been shot first. I Guess with it being probably that close in time, it was really hard to tell mm-hmm. who died first. I don't even know if we can do that now. I you think know, so. usually they do like a, they died between this hour and this hour. Mm-hmm. So if they had been shot right around the same time, even now, I think it would probably be really hard to tell who died first. That's true. Evidently, examinations of the body indicated that they both put up a great struggle. Mm-hmm to fight off this attacker. And um, that makes me like hurt for them more just because they tried so hard. They really did. I mean, like, I don't don't want to say like, good for them. That sounds horrible. But like, you better believe if someone's coming after me, I'm going to fight. Like, I would rather die trying to live. Yeah. Than to just. Yeah. You know, well, I I guess it all just would, well, of course, it depends on everyone. Yeah. Like some people just kind of like get into shock. Absolutely. So we can't really say. And I've never been in this position, but I would so. like to think that I would. Yeah, same. I would freaking scratch the hell out of someone so that DNA is under my fingernails. For sure. That biting? Biting, yes. scratching, always. Even if you end up dying, at least you have DNA. Yeah. Under your nails your teeth, and someone even. can help. Yeah catch them. So from what I can gather, the police kind of had the idea as the same, like, um, as the first attack when they were like, oh, you knew this person, Hmm. you knew this person and you're covering for them because they start questioning, um, their friends and they're asking, you know, like, had they been in any arguments with people? Did anyone dislike them? And their friends said, like, no, no arguments had happened, and they didn't have any enemies. Yeah. So, yeah, they they kind of immediately went for, like, this has to be a personal thing. But I don't think it was. No. I mean, they're kids. What height, like... Just the scene doesn't seem like a personal... No, it seems like the other one. Yeah. Chaotic. Yeah. And um, they were unable to locate Betty's saxophone at the crime scene. But about six months later, they ended up finding it in its case. And it was really close to where her body was actually found. It was just in some underbrush. Which makes me wonder how closely they were really looking for evidence. Because if you can't find a freaking saxophone in a case next to a dead body, then what are you doing as a crime scene investigator? So just like with the first double murder... A reward was offered, and it was $1,700. 
It is equivalent to $23,466.82. I'm sorry, $23,000? $23,000 They offer a reward, but unfortunately, it just like the other case, it doesn't lead to anything. There were some rumors that were circulating around the area that a local minister had turned in his own son as a suspect for the murders. But then the police captain came out with a statement to the public and he said, no, no one has been caught. No one has been arrested. Mm -hmm. These are just rumors and they are a hindrance to the investigation and they are harmful to innocent people. Makes sense. So he was like, shut this crap down. This is bull crap. Yeah, because false rumors are not going to help They're anyone. They're not going to help. But scare you. And then, like, how, how do you help? How does it help to say, like, oh, yeah, they've been arrested. Like, no, people still need to be alert. Yeah. There is still a literally, like, a literal masked murderer. On the loose. Yeah. And now we're on to May 3rd, 1946. It was a Friday, sometime before 9 p.m. Okay. Virgil Starks, who is 37, he's a farmer and a welder, in his ranch house with his wife, Katie, who is 36. Okay. All right. So they're just at home. They're at home. Winding down Normal from the night. day. It's okay. like 9 o'clock? Yeah. Katie gave him a heating pad for a sore back. He's a farmer. Duh. He's sitting in his armchair in the sitting room, which is just off the kitchen and the bedroom. Katie was in their bedroom, lying on the bed in her nightgown, and then she hears something in the backyard. Okay. She asked Virgil to put his radio down. Because okay. he sat down in his armchair listening to his favorite radio station. She's like, put it down. And then, seconds later, as Virgil was reading the Texarkana Gazette, two shots were fired into the back of his head from a closed window. What? Just three feet away from him. Katie, though, she didn't hear... The gunshots. What? All she heard was the breaking of the window. Okay. Well, I guess that would be closer to her, but... Yeah. Okay. I guess that is louder than Uh, gunshots. I don't don't don't, know. I I haven't been near a gun shooting through a window ever in my life. Neither have I. I've been near guns shooting because I've been to a shooting range with my husband. But you hardly ever hear a window breaking, like, too. Yeah, like, like... So I can't relate. Yeah. But... I believe her. Okay. She thought Virgil dropped something, so she went to go see what happened. Okay. As she enters the doorway to the living room, she saw Virgil stand up and then suddenly slump back into his chair. Oh. She saw blood. She ran to him, lifted his head, and then she realized he was dead. Oh. So she goes to the phone to call the police. Okay. She has a wall crank phone. She okay. rings it twice before she's shot what? twice in the face from the same window. What the hell? I know. That's so scary. This is this in is your own seriously home? every single one of these scenarios is straight out of a horror movie. Just sick mind. The fact that it's seemingly so random, too. That scares me so much. Because you can't even prepare for it or anything. Okay, 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 go on. So 
She's shot twice. Okay. She shot from the right cheek and it comes out of her left ear. Okay. She is then shot right below her lip, breaking her jaw and uh. splintering out several of her teeth Mm-mm. before no. lodging under her tongue. Uh, uh. Teeth lodged. That's a lot for me. Under her Ugh. tongue. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, okay, okay. She drops to her knees, but is, but she quickly managed to get back on her feet. Damn. She, she ran to get a pistol from the living room. Okay. But is blinded by her own blood. She hears the killer tearing loose the rusted screen wire from the back porch. So she knows he's trying to get inside. Oh, uh, uh, uh. no. She thought she was going to be killed, so she stumbled towards her bedroom. Like, blood... She's literally, literally blinded Can't by her own blood. See. Thankfully, oh she's in her own home, so she knows she the knows. layout. She stumbles toward her bedroom near the front of the house to leave a note. What note? Oh my I gosh! I don't know. She's amazing. Why? Like the fact that she had time to leave a note for anyone. Or not even right time, now. but she's thinking. She's yeah, like, she's I, like need I need to do this. Who, this like this. whoever just killed my husband. Like I am going to write. Like I'm going to write a note. I am going to say what happened. Meanwhile, the killer ran to the back of the house, uh, made his way up the steps and into the side screen porch through the back screen door. So oh he's God. in the porch. She hears him coming through the kitchen window. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. She turns around, <laughs> runs through the dining room, through the bedroom. Oh, my God. Down a hallway, through another bedroom. Holy crap. Into the living room and out the front door. Oh, my God. Literally, literally leaving a virtual river of blood and teeth throughout the house and across the street. She's barefoot in her blood-soaked nightgown. Across the street is her sister and brother-in-law's house, so she runs Thank to goodness. them. Yeah, but no one's home. Jesus, be home. Guys, she runs 50 yards more. At night, in a nightgown, barefoot. With this Shot guy chasing twice her. in the face. To Prater's house. Some guy, Prater. <laughs> okay, Prater. Prater answers her call for help. She gasps and says Virgil is dead and collapses. Oh, my Prater, God. being... The country boy he is, Come evidently. On. He shoots a rifle in the air to summon another neighbor. That's Elmer badass. Taylor. Yeah. That's badass. They have planned this out <laughs> no they haven't i guess if you hear but they're like a rifle, aware you're like close with your neighbors you yeah. hear a rifle shoot off in the middle of the night like something's going down this is yeah. not like friendly <clears throat> no you Who's don't shooting a rifle at night you don't do that yeah so prater calls taylor to bring his car because mr and mrs stark have been shot oh my god taylor Along with Mr. and Mrs. Prater okay. and their baby, oh. rode with Miss Starks. Okay. Katie, that's Katie. Okay. To Michael Meager Hospital. Well, thank God. Yeah. Um, Katie gives Taylor, the driver, one of her teeth with a gold filling. I don't know why. I guess maybe as like a thank you or uh, I don't know. It's gold. I don't know. It doesn't say. She was in a semi-conscious state, slumping forward on the front seat. 
she lost so much blood, oh my but she has shown no signs of going into shock. That's and her crazy. heart rate remained normal. What? She's she's amazing. Yeah, powerful. So I, powerful. Oh, can't even imagine what was going through her head if she was even able to form thoughts at that point. I know. She was just like, I gotta, I gotta do this. I gotta live. Miller County Sheriff W.E. Davis becomes the head of investigation. Okay. He questions Katie in the operating room. And then the news was printed on the front page the next morning saying Saturday, May 4th. And it said, murder rocks city again. Mm. Farmer slain, wife wounded. God. Four days later, Sheriff Davis talked with Katie at the hospital. Katie discounted a circulating rumor that Virgil had heard a car outside their home several nights in a row and feared of being killed. She was like, no. No, honey. This was not yeah. something that we even thought was going to happen. I just don't get all these rumors. People suck. People do suck. Was there any type of reward out for this murder? This one, I believe so. Okay. Um, on the night of Virgil's death, the reward fund was up to $7,025. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So $7,025 in 1946 is equivalent. Are you ready for this? No. In 2019, it is $96,973.18. Almost a hundred thousand dollars i have no words i can't even imagine that much money no nope. because i haven't ever had that much money nope but i know that today that can get you a reasonable house yeah the news of this spread really fast Obviously, mm -hmm. literally just minutes after the alarm reached Hope City Police, the Miller County Sheriff's Department was notified about what had just happened. And they start like calling on the radio for their officers at the scene to get reports. Mm -hmm. And I guess the reports were kind of like contradictory, yeah. which is really interesting to me because one of the officers said that they found Starks still slumped in his blood-soaked chair, but the chair had caught fire because of the heating pad. Yeah. And that smoke was, quote, smoke was filling the room and was coming up from all around the man and between his legs. Okay. And then a sheriff, um, Sheriff Davis, said that when officers arrived at the scene, they found the chair on fire, but Starks' body was not burned because he had fallen from the floor, which is what Katie said. Yeah. Remember, he, like, stands up and then slumps, and she, like, goes and sees that he's dead. Yeah. So that's really confusing yeah. to me. I'm not really sure why someone would lie about that or be so wrong about the details. Yeah, like... Seeing a man on fi a dead person on fire, or seeing a, or dead, seeing person a dead person on the, on the floor, floor and a chair on fire, is are something two totally different things, and something that you would probably not forget. Absolutely. So that's interesting and kind of concerning to me. Mm -hmm. um, immediately after the 
like news spread. They set up blockades. They're sending all of these different teams out to try to find somebody um, who's responsible for this. And obviously they have no luck. Um, one of the sheriffs said that after seeing the river of blood, it was beyond him why Katie didn't bleed to death. Honestly. Which it sounded yeah, awful. That sounds like so much blood. They actually believe that an automatic rifle was used, which is different than the other murders. That was a 32 caliber yeah. pistol. So that's where people are kind of like, was this the same Guy? killer? Was this yeah. the slayer? Um, because really that's kind of all they were using to link things that, and that they were on lover's lane. Yeah. And this was a random house. It does seem very different, but the, the timeline to me is also very like, I mean, it was less than a month, you know, we're having these murders back to back to back with yeah. guns. And this was a small town in the forties. People weren't going out and murdering each other with guns, you know? So that's why they thought it was the same guy. They did find three clues at the scene. They found the caliber of bullets. Uh -huh. They found a flashlight and a hedge underneath a window. And there's actually a picture of that you can find online. It's like bright red and it has two different sides to like shine out of. So I guess it was like very distinct at that time. And the third was shoe prints on the kitchen floor and smudged fingerprints in some places. But I guess in the 40s, they didn't have the technology to go further into that. And you know, like now you could say, oh, okay, they're wearing a Nike Air size 12. Yeah. Um, it seems like it's probably this year. Let's let's look at all the records for this city to see who bought these yeah. shoes. And then you could like, you well, know. That and fingerprints. Fingerprints too. But it says smudged, which would make it really difficult. Yeah. But like they didn't have like a database. They could be like, oh, shoes or, you know, like yeah. fingerprints. I'm sure it was all just so different then. Thank so God it really for didn't help them. Seriously. So those clues didn't help much. Other than kind of helping with Katie's story, you know? Yeah. The fact that, like, yeah, she's, like, chased all through her home. So this time they can't go up to her and be like, did you, did know, you know anyone? Yeah. So this part kind of makes me mad. Oof. So they have, like, teams and teams of teams of people looking for this guy. They're setting up road blockades. They're, you know, questioning people that were around... Um, this area during the time of everything going on. But then the freaking um, Texarkana Gazette comes out and says on May 5th in the morning paper, like the Sunday morning paper, which Tell is a them. huge deal. Tell them. They say, quote, sex maniac hunted and murders. What? Where? Like, besides the first case was there anything sexual and it literally the the unofficial theory for motive amongst the majority of the 47 officers was that it was a sex mania because large amounts of money were in the home and they weren't taken and i guess katie's purse was on the bed and it was full of money and jewels yeah so they automatically automatically jump to it being sex driven he didn't try to do anything sexual. He didn't even enter the house. He he, well, he, he entered the house after the fact yeah. 
that he shot her he twice. shot the guy and then tried to kill her and then when he saw that she was still running around he uh, came in to finish the job yeah like how is this a se- why does everything have to be about sex all the time i just don't understand <sighs> stick to the freaking facts honestly and this is where we start seeing more and more how they like start bringing in like more officers from other counties and like surrounding counties and they're things. They're doing all and these the press releases and it's, it, they're making it this huge, instead of like focusing on the facts that mm-hmm. they have and the details that they have in the area that they have, they keep on opening it up and they're making it more complicated. They're bringing more people into the mix and everything's getting convoluted and muddy and it doesn't make sense. And this is why they never caught him. They never, and it's kind of, funny and sad and one of these press releases they say um (laughs) make no mistake about the fact that the slayer will be captured because we will not give up this hunt until he has been captured or killed well he's well it's 70 years later and not caught never never was caught um never was killed i mean he's probably dead but he wasn't like killed by police so yeah it just it just goes to show like how unprepared. Well, how unprepared, but also like having so many people work on this case wasn't the answer. Nope. They really did just need to stick to the stick facts. Stick to the facts, stick to the basics. Um, but then again, it was 1940s. I'm sure they weren't prepared for this. It was a small town. And, you know, the people of this area were terrified. Yeah. They we're warning their children to not be out late. Um, the cities set strict curfews for businesses so that people wouldn't be out. Mm-hmm. Like hysteria snowballed. Um, m- like women that were wealthy, if mm-hmm. their husbands would go out of town, oh, yeah. they would get their kids, they would get their stuff, they would go to like downtown area like the nice part of town and they would get a hotel room and they would stay there until their husbands got back it was that bad and then some people who weren't able to leave they would put wires around their yards with pots and pans and cans and and things that would clink together if someone tried to get past next to their beds yeah i read that um they started like residents started stocking up on like guns and axes and up until this point people of this area didn't lock their doors um guys always lock your doors i don't care what time period this is or where you live lock your door yeah they they started finally locking their doors and um evidently the hardware stores were selling out of locks they were selling out of window latches they were selling out of window screens they were selling out of guns and ammunition and other things to keep people safe. These people were terrified. And I understand why. I I would be yeah. the same. Um, they even started like pulling their shades down because that poor man was shot through his window because his blinds were open and someone could see inside. Yep. And um, yeah, they, people were just absolutely terrified. And it's just, it's so sad. Um And like we said, this guy was never caught. He, the idea of him haunted this small town forever. For the remainder of their lives, people were always thinking that somehow he could come back. And um, 
continue Can to you haunt imagine them? like living on your life thinking like what's what's gonna happen is it gonna happen to me is it gonna happen to someone i know yeah and that's the thing these things seem so random that people literally were like it could happen at any moment at any time to anyone and the newspapers were actually printing that that does not help it doesn't i mean like yes print be aware of your surroundings print don't go out late print don't go make out at lover's lane lock your doors close your blinds don't say it could happen to anyone at any time anywhere like that is not, that's not helping anyone you just want readers you just want money i hate that so much and people still do it mm-hmm. that's still a common thing that we see in media is just the hype the fear they're fear mongers yep and it doesn't help anybody and it's just disgusting because you just want those numbers that's all it's about yep stop it shame on you listen to me fox news Honestly, stop it <laughs> for, for, for the people working at Fox News that speak Spanish. Oh, here it goes. For, yeah, it's about to get real. Yeah, I promise they don't speak Spanish, but go on. That's true. <laughs> I don't even have to like say anything. <laughs> stop. Just stop. Oh, my God. So evidently there are two movies that are based off of these events. Um, one was made in the 70s, and it's called The Town That Dreaded Sundown. And another one came out in 2014 that's called The Same Thing. So I think we might try to watch at least one of them Yeah. to see. I'm, like, horrible with horror movies, but I would be interested to maybe see the original. Because yeah. often the, like, low quality makes it not as scary for me. That, and also it's, like, maybe they have, like, more interesting points. Yeah, that we could look up and fact check, but... Mm -hmm. Anyway, this was really creepy for me. I hate an open-ended case, but here we are. Same. Um, yeah. So I, I didn't realize, I read, I can't figure out where, but I read that this guy, mm -hmm. whoever he was, okay, it's... It's the reason why we think about that story, um, The Man with the Hook, even though this guy never had a hook. But I guess so many yeah, people... Some people embellished those, yeah. so much that they were like, he had a bloody hook and all of this stuff. And yeah. it's like, no, he just was a guy that was a freak and he wore a bag over his head and he killed people. Yeah. Which is terrifying enough. Why do we have to add crap? The fact that this is real... real? Is scary this enough. This is what horror movies are based off of. Things like this. Like, same with, like, John Wayne Gacy. Like, with <sighs> Killer Clown. Like, yeah. we base these horrible things off of true terrors. It's so scary. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, <sighs> it left me speechless at points. I was like, seriously? Yeah, when you were reading about the events that happened with Katie? The farmers? Yeah, Katie. Her, her, like, oh my gosh, I could not even... I mean, when you read it to me initially, and you can yeah. say that I'm lying or not, but I literally, like, crouched down no, on she the floor did. and, like, had my hands over my face and was she like, She was waiting for what? me to, like, tell the rest. And I was, like, lost. I was like, oh my gosh. I Katie. could not believe that that was real. That sounds like a that sounds like a, like a pitch for a horror movie. Like if I went into a room and was like, I got a horror movie for you. Like I'm gonna pitch it, and then like yeah, holy sold. moly. So maybe we should watch this movie because it's already pretty much a movie. I'm down. It's September. It's September. It's spooky movie time. Okay. 
now that we know the backstory, yeah, it will probably be worse. Yeah, yeah, it will be. Uh, okay. Thank you guys yeah. for sticking with us on this one. And we didn't even bake anything this week because this was a lot. What am I supposed to bake? I don't know. I will do some research on desserts that were very popular in the night in like 1940s and see if I can make something at the bakery tomorrow to do take we, pictures of. Do we make moon pies for like the moonlit <laughs> murders as of right now i don't really have a sweet tooth because of this but i'll do some research and we'll we'll figure something out to give you guys a recipe for this episode but we don't have anything to talk about right now sorry but like soto said thank you for listening hopefully you're listening on spotify if you're not you should be and you should be sharing with your friends and clicking that follow button we would appreciate that a lot yeah and you could still find us at, on our website. Yeah, bakingamurdererpod.com. You can find us on Instagram at bakingamurdererpod and on Facebook. And that is just bakingamurderer. And um, as always, please email us your recommendations for stories. We got a really cool one from a listener that we're probably going to do within the next couple Ooh, of weeks. I actually haven't you. told Soto about it, but it's really exciting. And yeah, we want to hear your recommendations. We appreciate it. And more than likely, we will do it. So do yeah. it while we still have time to read our emails. Yeah. As we get more followers, we won't have time. So, But we will still be taking stories. We will, absolutely. But I'm saying, like, if you want something done, like, send it. Because yeah. I'm going to see it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Let's okay. get off the edge of our seats. <laughs> Thank you once again. Absolutely. And we will see you guys next week. I need a drink. <laughs> Let's go. Gin and tonic, here I come. Bye. Bye, guys. This way for your num nums. <laughs> Subscribe if you know where that's from. We're eating Turkish delight. Oh, they're delights. They're Turkish delights. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Cut.